oftentimes we're the last ones to see how brilliant, how wonderful, how beautiful, how powerful we are. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe is interviewing Adri Kaiser of Enlightened Alchemy. Adrian approached us to come on the show after enjoying listening to Liz Lolly on show number 121. Adrian is an international wellness expert who has spent the past 15 years helping highly driven women stop feeling stressed and overwhelmed and start living a happier, healthier and more fulfilling life. Using her enlightened alchemy method, she's helped thousands of women worldwide achieve everything from reduced pain and stress to increased confidence and productivity. Rather than drawing from only one modality, her extensive list of certifications, including coaching, yoga and Ayurveda, allow her to create a customised wellness experience for clients. When she's not busy hosting retreats around the globe in exotic locations like Bali, Greece and Peru, she's being featured on iHeartRadio, Amazon Prime's The Focus and Elephant Journal. She's the co-author the recently published book, Overcoming Adversity in Entrepreneurship. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Adriana Kaiser of Enlightened Alchemy. So welcome. Um, I was about to say, Adrian, we've had a whole conversation about your name. So, Adri, welcome, Adri. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me here. That's, that, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Lovely. I was always feeling it's a bad decision in the end to have a long conversation about how you pronounce things because then I always come out with the wrong name when I've um, tried really hard to get it right as well but there we go anyway here we are so lovely to have you with us so tell us uh, who you are what you do and where you do it yes Um, I'm a wellness expert I'm a coach speaker author and yoga teacher and the reason I got into all of these things it wasn't all at once it just was an evolution Uh, and it stemmed from Two scenes. One of them was from since I was a little girl, I wanted to make a positive difference in people's life. I wanted to help the underdog. And now I can see why, because I was one of them. I was an underdog. I over I was abused as a child. I was bullied. I was told I wasn't good enough. And when I moved to the US 24 years ago, I also encountered racist remarks. And all of the scenes, uh, how I dealt or how I coped with the, the, the pain and all those, those obstacles was to bury them down and to put up a front like I have it all together, uh, I'm, 
I don't need you. I, I, I need to be guarded. It's not safe to let people in. And just like everybody listening right now, probably at some point in their lives, they also have experienced some type of pain, failure, disappointment, loss, or even abuse. And each one of us cope differently. For some people, it's eating their way through their feelings, hoping that food will make them feel better. For some people, is waking up at two o'clock in the morning, worrying and stressing about things that they cannot control. And for me, it was just work harder, push myself harder, hold myself to unrealistic standards. That also led to a very strong inner critic. I was constantly trying to please others so I could feel accepted, even though I wanted to keep people at a distance. All of, this, all of those sins led to chronic pain for over a decade. And what I didn't know at the time that in reality, I was suffering from heartbreak. Uh, the physical pain was very, it was very obvious. You can see how my, my body was shifting, but I knew that even though after I tried all the, the regular treatments and, and regular approaches, I knew if I needed to get a different result, I also had to address the mental and emotional aspects of myself. And that's when holistic wellness started in my life. I started to practice yoga as a way to help with it, to ease the aches and pains. And that led to other holistic trainings and, and events I, I went to to help me heal myself from the inside out. And for the past 15 years, I've been on this mission of helping men and women like, like yourself and the audience, not only improve their health, but also improve their relationships, their business, and transform their pain into purpose and their fears into confidence. Because the biggest struggles in my life became the biggest lessons and now are part of why I do what I do. And this is why I call my business Enlightened Alchemy, because I bring all these different tools and backgrounds and modalities to help each person uh, how they need it, because we're multidimensional beings. So one approach that works for person A may not work for person B or C. So it's a very customized approach that I use to really help the person at the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual levels so they can transform all aspects of their lives. Lovely. Lots for us to talk about there. Um, where are you actually based? I'm sorry? Where are you based? I'm in, in Texas. I'm in the Dallas area in the U.S., but I have um, clients all over the world because thanks yeah. to the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And um and you're not you're not from there originally though, I suspect. <laughs> no, 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 I no, this is not my Texan accent. <laughs> uh, I'm from Caracas, Venezuela, and I was born and raised there. I went to law school for a few years before I moved to the US. And that wasn't the original plan. The original plan was to go to the US for just five months or so to become fully bilingual and go back to Venezuela and finished my law degree but I met my husband and we got married and we've been together ever since. <laughs> the rest is history as they say. Yes. <laughs> Lovely. So um, I'm intrigued you talk about um, having illnesses and then realizing that it was actually to do with your sort of mind as well as your your body and your heart and, and all, all that sort of thing and, and that's where the holistic approaches come from what enabled you to know that because 
it is something I mean it's a similar sort of journey that that I went on and I can look back and see where my sort of illnesses in the past came from uh, uh, which I didn't realize at the time and I've listened to a podcast recently where somebody was particularly ill with chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and um, a lot of her transformation was about changing her mindset and then the sort of physical changes came you know as part of, of that too and she said how she was in so much firstly pain but also so much denial not denial she when the person was trying to help her she couldn't see and wouldn't believe that it was anything other than physical and, and tablets and you know traditional sort of medicine that was required and it was only when she started to realize that her mind had to change that things started to change and now she's a real advocate for it just like you are and like I am but how did you learn that yourself when what was the point where you realized that that was what needed to change so since I, um, a couple of things, I was introduced by my mom at an early age to yoga and meditation and alternative medicine. And I was a typical girl that was like, oh my gosh, why my mom cannot be normal? She was somewhat of a hippie, even though he didn't look like a hippie. And I remember she took me to yoga, a yoga class when I was probably around 14 years old and I hated it. And fast forward to many years later when I'm in so much pain because I was being, the, I was a caregiver for my grandma. She just had had a stroke at the time and my son was one year old and I was pretty much a single mom. My husband was traveling quite a bit and my back pain was so intense due to the stress that I needed. That's when I started to practice yoga, just for the relief type of thing. But through the practice of yoga, I began to go a little deeper. Um, I think, you know, one of, I don't know if, if you have heard this saying before, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And when the teacher is ready, the students will appear. And yeah. even though I've been doing yoga for a while at the time, I felt better, but never was like completely healed. And I try, as I mentioned, I try all the conventional treatments just to get temporary results. And as I started doing holistic wellness, I begin to recognize and see how the mind, body, and emotions are connected and what affects one will affect the other too. So even though the physical pain or physical imbalances are very real and very physical, it is known uh, and proven that 90% or more of, of, the, of those physical imbalances, the root cause is emotional. Mm. And I'm playing with my son when he was about eight years old or seven years old. And that was the first time when I'm playing with him that flashes of me being abused as a child about the same age that my son was at the time. That's when my back pain intensified and I put the two, finally two and two together that my emotions were deeply connected to my physical pain. Aside from that as well, I, I was arrested to do my personal work and it's changing the mindset. It's also taking responsibility for the thoughts that you're that you're having and for the things that you're telling yourself so i had to change the narrative of the story i was telling myself i had to go from not feeling good enough and and trying to please everybody to to recognize that i was valuable and that's one of the things that so many women today struggle with because we're bombard, bombarded by the media or from other people's expectations that we're not good enough to fill in the blanks, you're too tall, you're too short, you're too fat, you're too thin, you're too smart, you're too dumb, you're too blonde, you're too brunette, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is, you're too much of something or know enough of something. And 
when we don't fit these people's expectations of what we're being seen as normal in society, many of us feel like we're not good enough. And then if you're being abused or you've had some type of experiences of relationships that make you feel a specific way, then what happens is that thought continues to play in the background and you're not thinking about this thought. It's like, you're, or you're not aware about this, this thought. It's like having a multiple tabs open in your computer and you only see the tab that you're working on, even though there are other five, six, seven, ten tabs in the background running. So mm -hmm. a negative thought is, is playing the background. You're not aware that's happening. And then becomes a belief because you think about it so much that gets reinforced by negative emotions that leads to inaction or inaction. So it's almost what I call is being on a, is having a limiting belief that is similar to being on a hamster wheel, repeating over and over the same patterns. I have clients that come to me all the time and say, Adri, why do I continue to fall back to old patterns even when I know better? Or clients that said, I ended this relationship and I'm dating now this guy that's pretty much a copy version of the guy that was dating before because it's, it's the patterns that run in the background that we're not aware of. So that, Coming back to your question, the mind, body, and emotions are connected. So when you're constantly thinking a negative thought that gets reinforced by negative emotions, it will have an effect in your physical body because emotions are, are molecules that carry energy or, or information in your cells. So it affects the physical body for sure. It affects the, it may not change your DNA, but will affect the way your cells respond. It will affect how you how you respond and react or or taking life. It's almost like you can see life as glass being half empty or half full. Pretty much it can look the same if you have them next to each other. One glass is half empty, one glass is half full, but your view, your beliefs around what, if the glass is half empty, you go through life, poor me, because this happened to me or because that person did that to me this happened or I'm not good enough to do this or I'm too much of that. So never people are not gonna like me. But if you see life as a half full, you are like, yes, right now, since I'm not going the way I want to, but I'm so grateful. I am so blessed to have all these other things in my life that are working out. Maybe it's family or a spouse or a, a lover or children or a work. So you're always looking for the positive. That begins to change and that comes back to the mindset but it doesn't yeah. happen on your own like we all need help we know what we know and we don't know what we don't know and some of these limiting beliefs are so strong even though i have clients that will say adri i'm struggling financially i really know i don't or i had so much money and somehow all this happened out of the blue and i lost you know the extra money i got now went to bills or now i got sick or whatever and it's that belief system within themselves that has some money issues that prevents them from going into cultivating uh, an abundance mindset. So sometimes mm -hmm. our own belief patterns, even though we wanna change them, we gets in the way of us getting the help that we need to change them. So we really need a support system from friends and family to coaches to mentors that can help us see the bigger picture and see where you're stuck and see the changes that you need to implement in order to give you what you need to get or to achieve your goals or dreams, et cetera. Because you, you talked also about the, the sort of narrative that we tell ourselves, you know, we we tell ourselves how things are, don't we? And we we believe ourselves. And as you say, not having 
or just doing that without having people external to sort of help us to reflect on that can be quite damaging because you just get into a spiral of telling ourselves something and believing it and then acting in that way as a result. Correct. And, you know, and I've been in sessions with clients that when they, when we start going deeper in their sessions for the mindset or emotions or whatever it is, and they say something that they've been saying to themselves for a long time in their heads. So when they said out loud, many of them are surprised. It's like, oh my gosh, I never, I never realized I was telling this to myself or I, or now that I said aloud, it's, it's, doesn't make sense or, or now it's not as big or as scary as I thought it was in my head because, you know, we all need those people um, that can really lovingly and kindly recall us on our stuff because as human beings, we're creatures of habits. And as you begin to change your mindset and you begin to change your emotions and how, uh, let me say it this way, as you begin to do your inner work and you raise your vibration, you're also going to see changes that are happening on that side in your life, like relationships, may, new relationships come in, old relationships may come to an end, new jobs, new opportunities, stuff that we no longer need begins to disappear and the stuff that we always wanted begins to come into our life. Many mm -hmm. people want to learn how to lose the extra amount of weight, how to make X amount of money, how to grow their business, how to find their soulmate. And while you can achieve all of those things, if you don't do your inner work, if you don't change the narrative of the story, you may have it, you may achieve it, but it will be temporary. That's why when people get, you know, they win the lottery and, and get lots of lots of dollars, within a few years they're broke because they had a, a mindset of scarcity. Now they met this amount of money. They didn't know how to deal with it. And in the background, many of them will be having this mindset of like, am I worthy of this? So consciously, if you ask somebody, are you worthy of having I don't know, X amount of money or be loved, all of them, everybody's gonna say yes, but subconsciously there's something in the way. There's a block in there, there's a belief system, and those and and our mind, our ego mind wants to prove us right. So if you're going around and saying nobody loves me, guess what? You're gonna meet people or not meet, you're gonna meet people that are gonna make you feel that you're not loved. And the people that could make you feel that you're lovable are not gonna be there because it's almost like a self-imposed prophecy. You're always gonna find the things that are gonna prove you right, whether you're right or wrong. Your mind is saying, you don't think you're good enough? Let me find all this proof that you are not good enough. Mm -hmm. But when you start saying, I am worthy, you're gonna yeah. find all the proof that's gonna show you you're worthy. Mm. I think the other challenge with that is, is not believing when you hear a different story either. So, you know, you I, I've, I've noticed recently, I, I've been in situations and I've heard people saying good stuff about me or they've, um, you know, that the, the way that they're behaving is, is in, you know, reinforcement that they think well of me or something I've done. And I don't always believe it. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look at myself from outside of myself, if you, if you like, um, to to absorb what they're saying rather than discounting it because you said that bit about imposter syndrome or or you know telling ourselves this story that we're not good enough or, or whatever if we believe that's so strong so strongly we don't it doesn't even matter what other people say or what they appear to think about us because we just discount it don't we we just think oh they don't know what they're talking about or I've misinterpreted it or whatever because we do that whole bias thing of 
of, as you said, looking for the things that reinforce what we're thinking and ignoring all the stuff that says something different. Absolutely. And seeing that part when people, that's also the ability, feeling worthy of receiving, you know, for a while there, I remember clearly years ago, and this is, could be a practice for everybody listening right now. It's super simple. When somebody pays you a compliment, let's say you're wearing a pretty dress or a hat and somebody says, oh, that's so pretty. And in the past I used to, and I'm sure people listening, making, they may relate. It's like, oh, this is so old, or I bought it in discount. Like, you don't even take the compliment. So I remember clearly a, a friend of mine looked at me and said, just say thank you. And from <laughs> that moment on, anytime people pay me a compliment, I say thank you. Because yeah. it just show, it showed me back then that even though I wanted to be loved and I wanted to belong because it was very, it was pointed out to me so many times living in the US that I was different. The racist remarks really hurt me. I didn't speak in public for months because I was so self-conscious. I felt so small and inadequate. So I didn't realize how all those feelings were still playing in the background that prevented me from just taking even a single single compliment. So now mm. that I've done my work and I know my worth, when people pay me a compliment, I say thank you because there's also, they're saying it for a reason. They're, if I don't take their compliment, it's almost like, I don't wanna say insulting them, but I'm just rejecting something that it came from their hearts and that's not nice either, you know? So it, yeah. it's, it's going back to like, okay, why can I not even take a compliment? Uh, so when people are telling you you're you're doing great and all this stuff, take it for for what it's worth because oftentimes we're the last ones to see how brilliant, how wonderful, how beautiful, how powerful we are, and our loved ones see those those scenes and we're still caught up in our own narrative that we're unable to see it. So usually, when you hear people telling you those things, just be like, wow, yeah, I'm good at what I do. Or yes, I did this because I'm passionate about this. And there's nothing more beautiful in my book than yeah. a woman that's empowered and knows her worth, but yet is humble. There's a big difference in owning your, your, your strength and your beauty and being empowered and knowing your worth and being humble versus being arrogant. Yes, yeah, and that's that's got to be that... Um, that's where people see a thin line, don't they, between, as you say, being um, uh, confident or, or, you know, poised and appearing to be arrogant. And that's, I, I guess, people absolutely err on the side of not sort of stepping into themselves because they don't want to be accused to be arrogant. And actually, that's so detrimental. Yes. Well, and many women, I, I, again, I'm, I'm Latin American. Um, but many women across the globe, we've been taught to be humble. We were expected to wear these many hats, moms, daughters, sisters, co-workers, uh, you know, whatever it is, the titles that we have and manage everything while still looking great and not showing any sign of stress. And, and well, why is it okay for a man to to say, hey, I'm worth this or I do this and, and they own their value you know, for us. So thankfully, things are changing and things are shifting where we are. It's okay for us to say, I'm a great mentor. I'm a great coach. I'm a great mom. I'm a great fill in the blanks because if you don't believe that, how can others believe it? You know, we cannot give what we don't have. 
And when you own your power and you own your gifts and talents, because I believe every single one of us is here for a reason. Every single one, one of us have a gift and talents that the world needs, the people that need, that need your services, that need your help, need to know that you have this and that you're embracing it and owning it because otherwise we're doing a disservice. So once you recognize that there's no imposter syndrome because nobody can do what you do the way you do it, you are unique. There's only one of you. There's no people like you anywhere else. So once you recognize that, then it's okay to be like, I am good at this and still owning your, your craft, your gifts without having to be I need to hide, I need to fit in, I need to be humble. And so mm -hmm. we have to start breaking those glass ceilings. We have to start breaking those patterns. We need to start re in or changing the narrative of the stories that we tell ourselves and that we tell our sisters and our mothers and our daughters and the generations down and the generations up so we can begin to see the changes, thankfully that we're starting to see now, but we continue to see the changes of women really, uh, becoming the beautiful women that we are meant to be. Hmm. Going back to saying about the connection between physical and the mind and so on, that there's there's been a real shift in sort of public consciousness around mental health um, mm. in the last few years. And, and, you know, it's still not where it needs to be in terms of mental health on its own but actually we're, we're really a long way away from that connection between the two as well aren't we so you know even though we're starting to talk about how important mental health is I don't see that there's lots of discussion about the connection between the mental health and the physical health piece um, that, that feels like that's even further down the line doesn't it? Well thankfully yeah compared to compared to where we have been in the past Thankfully, we are farther along, but there's still more work to be done. You know, there's still this mentality that you tell boys, boys don't cry, or that it's not okay to show emotions. For women, if we show emotions, we're called emotional. If men show emotion, they're assertive, you know? Um, so we have to do our, that's why doing our inner work is so important, because then we really, let me put it this way, when we are doing our inner work and when we begin to speak for ourselves, when we begin to live our best life, when we're owning our craft and, and we're working on our mindset and, and developing emotional intelligence, when we no, now it's no longer taboo to meditate, it's no longer taboo to say, you know what, I'm, I'm very anxious and stressed and instead of taking medications to know me down and to, uh, to avoid feeling, let me address this. Let me figure out what it is that's causing all this stuff. Once we do all that work, we're empowering other people to do the same. That's why I think it's so powerful that many, many people out there now are being vocal. It's like, uh, let's talk about Prince Harry for a moment. He can say, you know what? Losing my mother really hurt me. And now he's an advocate for mental health. So more people saying it's okay to have the struggles and to seek help, it will open the door for more people to do the same because it's no longer as taboo. Like mm -hmm. even yoga 20 years ago or 30 years ago wasn't as popular as it is today because now it becomes more mainstream. So I think rather than Concentrate. I, I know there's more work to be done and us being advocates and promoting and owning, like for me, being 
completely honest about being abused as a child and, and having racist remarks. And, and even though I was teaching worldwide wellness and yoga and leading retreats and building a successful career, part of me still felt like I was not good enough. I still was broken. And now when people met me back then, they never knew this. They, I never show any sign of weakness until now that I'm starting to be vocal about it because I want to make sure that the high-driven women out there and men and women out there, they're struggling with whatever the sin is, abuse, loss, failure, disappointment, uh, whatever, that they know that they're not alone, that there are people like me, that have, many people all over the world that have struggled and have overcome. And that's part of the process of owning your pain, facing your fears, recognizing that they're not the enemy. They are there as teachers. And when you shift your mindset, instead of avoiding the, the fear and the pain and saying, what is this trying to teach me? What, why am I disconnecting so much from the divine, from this higher sense of being? Why am I disconnected so much from my core essence of who I am? That's the pain, that's the, that's the fear, that's the doubt that's showing you. It's almost like alarms telling you, you're getting on a detour, come back, come back. So once we see that, we're able to start making the changes. And once we heal ourselves, we're healing generations, seven generations up, seven generations down. Oftentimes, many of the sins that we experience is not even ours. It has been passed down from our parents, great parents, great grandparents, and so forth. And then sometimes we pass down that to our children and grandchildren. So once you're doing your inner work today, you're also healing your family, you're changing uh, your experiences, and you begin to become the source of inspirations for others to do the same. The more I was doing my inner work, the more people wanted to learn what I was doing so they can do it for themselves. And that was a ripple effect. And I mm -hmm. hope that more people are willing to step up because it's easier it's easier to blame somebody else. It's easier to say, you know what? This is horrible. This really, I'm very unhappy because whatever. And it's easier to blame somebody else and say, well, this is horrible. I'm unhappy. Let me take responsibility of what I can do to change this and begins with yourself. What is your participation in this? Are you constantly complaining about stuff or are you doing something about it? Are you changing your mindset? Are you moving your body? Are you eating healthy? Are you changing the people that you're hanging out with? That stuff begins to create a ripple effect. So you become then more fulfilled and are able to help others do the same for themselves. Mm -hmm. So how did you turn all of this, all your learning into your business? What? How do you help people? What? How do you deliver what you do to people? or with people. <laughs> yes, um, so I have different methods. I have online programs that people can do on their own and I have group coachings and private coaching programs. And what I do is when I'm doing group programs, there are smaller group programs and everything is pretty much almost customized to what the group needs. And when I'm doing one-on-one, -on -one, obviously it's customized to the person. And I work with the person as a whole, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, because that's what I needed in my life to heal myself. It's almost mm -hmm. like, you know, it's almost like having a puzzle. And if there are one or two puzzle pieces missing, the puzzle is not complete. And when you realize that there are different aspects of yourself at 
always an interplay. They're still, you know, they're, they're always connected. When I'm working with my clients, I help them become aware of what their gifts and talents are or embrace them, become more confident. Sometimes it's about getting healthy and eating better. Sometimes it's all about mindset. I created a, a workbook that I would love to give your audience. It's called uh, Finding Your Bliss Playbook. Uh, if going from limited to limitless. And right there, it gives them it's simple questions and stuff, but it gives them something to start recognizing. What are some of the limiting beliefs that are holding them back, that are stopping them from finding their bliss, finding their joy, finding their passion, finding their purpose? So um, I do energy work I, I, because I, again, I did all this stuff as a way to heal myself. And because I walk the walk, I am now talking the talk. So when I help my clients, I use the different tools, hence enlighten out me, to see what they need and why they need it. You know, there are many people that are successful out there, but still are struggling with confidence. Uh, you can see it with many famous people that committed suicide. They had money, they have fame, they have families, yet somehow inside they had demons that were stronger than they could handle. So many people that have the money, the fame, the fortune, et cetera, they're still feeling broken and they don't have the tools that they need to help them heal from the inside out. We can take medications, which is fine, they have their merits, but sometimes those medications, A, mask the root cause of the problem, and B, they lead to other side effects that you need more medication from, and then all of a sudden, your body chemistry is completely different of how it was to begin with. So when I work with my clients, I really want to give them the holistic approach of awakening their intuition, awakening or enhancing their spiritual practice, uh, improving their health and the emotion, having emotional intelligence and, and a positive mindset. And how do you keep your learning on this happening? How did it, I mean, it started with you understanding yourself better and I guess making some changes and noticing that difference and and you went from there and obviously you've done the yoga and everything else but how did you sort of learn this how do how have you brought things into your business and how do you keep that going I believe that I'm a student for life and even if I know if I'm going to go to an event and I know the topic you know, front and back. I always try to keep an open mind and learn something new. I always continue to do personal development and business development. So like in, in, in few weeks from now, I'm gonna be doing a training in NLP and just to bring another tool to, uh, to work with my clients. I work with crystals and essential oils. In the last few weeks, I received this download of information that I need to I needed to create these specific blends using a a, a, a blends that came to me but also a, a method that part of the enlightened alchemy method to customize each, each blend for this person's soul's archetypes so I call it soul power soul power archetypes and and that's stuff that comes to me intuitively I also believe in divine intervention so meaning um, there are trainings I've done in the past. I didn't even know what they were, but they kept coming up to people were mentioning to me or they will come up on my feed or I will get an email. And when I hear that more than three times, it's like, okay, let me look into this because then obviously I'm being guided to something higher and greater to do this so I can help more people. And trusting my intuition has been 
a big part of it, of how I'm using all these different tools to make it my own so I'm authentic, so I can really help the people I'm meant to help. Um, so I guess, again, all co even professional uh, athletes and amazing authors and, and, and actors, all of them have coaches. You know, uh, doctors need doctors, uh, athletes need coaches. So having people around you that are gonna inspire you to always evolve, to do the next scene, to uh, get a mentor, get a coach that's gonna help you, whether it's a business coach to help you bring your business to a new level, whether it's a holistic coach or whatever it is, a, a, a writing coach, you need people to help you that have walked the, the, the path at your own and they're, they're farther along the journey so they can help you and point out some of the things that you can implement so you can continue to grow. Lovely. So what things go horribly wrong when you have a bad day, knowing that uh, mindset's so important, are you able to tell yourself a different story? What do you do when your day's gone <laughs> a bit pear-shaped? Yeah. That's an excellent question. I'm a big proponent of feeling what you're feeling. So if you had a bad day and you're angry or you're frustrated, you have to feel that. Those emotions are are there again as an outlet to teach you. It's how you do, it's how what you do with those emotions. So if you're angry and frustrating, frustrated, and you go in and start yelling and screaming at people, that's no good. But if you're angry and upset and you're like, I need to take a walk, I need to journal, I need to to feel what I feel so then I can let it go. Because again, emotions that are not processed, they're not released. They get buried in your fascia, in your tissue, in your muscles. That leads to physical imbalances. So when you repress emotions like, oh, I'm a yoga teacher and I should be stress-free all the time and I should be walking on clouds and having rainbows all over me. And then something happens and you are angry and you're like, oh, but I'm a yoga teacher. I shouldn't feel anger. Then that gets worse because you're trying to bury it. And that very anger is gonna get louder and louder and louder until it explodes. So when you have a bad day, feel, give yourself time. So give yourself the give yourself the half day, that day, an hour, whatever it is that you need to give time for you to feel whatever you need to feel, and then be like, okay, enough. Let's get up. Let's change this. So that's what I do for myself, and that's what I help clients with is as well. It's like. Feel what you're feeling. Don't run away. Don't hide from it because there's a lesson in there. And then let's transform that. As you feel that, then we can figure out how to, to change it. In my case, for example, being abused as a child, and when I started talking about the abuse, I couldn't even say it out loud. And if I started talking about it, I will get a throat in my, and I'm, I'm in my throat, and I will get so upset. I could barely talk and cry and cry. Now I can talk very uh, about it, not from a victim perspective, but I can say, hey, this is an experience I had. It was very negative. It was painful. It was hurtful. But now I grew from it using forgiveness. So I changed that anger, that all the stuff I had, that sadness, all the stuff, and I started to work on forgiveness for myself and for my aunt. Because Forgiveness is not saying that what she did was okay. Forgiveness was for me not to longer be emotionally attached to that outcome or to that to those events that really had a negative outcome in my health. So it's 
comes back to taking ownership of how you feel and then doing something about it. How can you feel those negative emotions and then how can you start making it or turning it into something positive? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good, lovely. So, what, so on those days when you've got to live more, where, where you've had the opportunity to do the things that you want to do and less of the things that you feel you should do or you have to do, what do those days look like for you? When I'm doing more of what I want to do and less of what I don't like, is that? Yeah, so that's why I call living more. What's living more look like to you? Oh my gosh, living more is, is living your life to your fullest, is being at peace and at ease with who you are, being surrounded by the people that you love, being a person of service. You know, there's nothing more powerful than having gratitude that the emotion of love when you are able to give and making sure that you're living a legacy that you're building the life that you always wanted recognizing as well the things that you're not so great at or that you don't like to do and delegate those things so you continue to be in your son of genius when you are owning your gifts and talents when you're truly empowered when you have this deep connection with the divine god or whatever name you want to give it uh you're you're always moving in a state of flow instead of going against the flow and that makes you feel happy fulfilled you're healthy you're radiant you're energized so i really try every day to do several things that brings me happiness and joy because as this business owner and i'm sure many people out there own their businesses or are entrepreneurs there are going to be days where we're challenged, when we're struggling, where we're even not sleeping because we're stressed. So remembering your why. Why is it that I'm doing this? Why is it that I'm getting up every morning to, to do A, B, C, or D? Once you have that why and you continue to live in that why, once you recognize how worthy, capable of serving you are, you everything that comes your way aligns with that vibration, if that makes sense. So for me, a day that I'm living more is a day that I'm laughing with my family, I'm giving and receiving love, I'm making a difference working with my clients. I love to travel, so I'm traveling to different locations, leading retreats or trainings, because that fits me. Being, being able to help other people, being able to make a positive impact on people's life, that to me is leaving more. Mm. Lovely, thank you. It's been great interviewing you. Tell us, um, tell people how they can uh, get in touch with you and um, connect with you. Yes, I'm in social media and, and my website is Adri, A-D-R-I-K-Y-S-E-R, AdriKaiser.com and social media is the same way, Adri Kaiser. And I, I would love to give you a link so people can go to the and get their, their free workbook if that's something they want to take advantage of. It's something I give my clients to start their personal uh, inner work of changing the narrative of their stories uh, so they can really live with purpose, purpose and find their bliss. That's brilliant. So did you give us the link? I didn't. I, I, will, I will email it to you so you can put it okay. in, the, in the show notes so people can easily click on it and, and take advantage of that yeah brilliant thank you i was thinking oh did she just say the link and i didn't hear <laughs> there also it's also my website so adric they can go there and find right. it there so it's easier okay. uh, to give you a direct link for them to access. lovely thank you ag thank for thank you for joining me today
thank you so much for having me. And again, thank you so much for, for this opportunity. And I hope people are inspired to really own how beautiful they are, their brilliance, their gifts and talents, because the world needs each one of us. The world needs more people that are awake, more people that are owning their crafts, people that know their worth, people that are giving and loving and compassionate and more um, and more kind to each other. Lovely. <laughs> Thank you so much. Stop feeling stuck and overwhelmed. Join Power to Live More Calm membership today and make an investment in your future. The Power to Live More Calm membership is designed for coaches and consultants struggling with the pressures of running a home-based business. You get access to our supportive community, including weekly Zoom calls, accountability, learning materials teaching you online marketing, audience building, income generation, and all sorts of other things you need to run your home-based business with ease, along with materials like templates, checklists, and planners to keep you motivated, organised, and productive. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership program and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power to live more.